0: Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you for the way our lives can change just because we come into contact with our Lord and Saviour. And Lord, today I pray that as we look at your word, Lord, that you will make our hearts burn. and We hear your truth. So Jesus, I pray that we'll have open hearts, we'll have open ears, we'll have open minds to hear what you want us to hear today. And that you will be allowed to move in this place however you want to. Help us to see Jesus the risen King. Amen. Amen. So good, I just gotta get up here. It's Easter! I like Easter. I really do. Um Well, if we're going to talk about Easter, let's talk a bit about Easter eggs. Does anyone like Easter eggs? What about the non-chocolate kind of Easter eggs? Have you heard of those? I'm not talking about lollies or anything like the sugar ones. I'm talking about Easter eggs uh, that are hidden in movies, in shows. Has anyone heard of those? I think if you're a bit younger, you might have a bit of a clue. So if you haven't heard them before, I'll give you a bit of a heads up about what they are okay they're hidden references or little things that might string through different series or different um, companies will put um, into their movies so I've got a few examples Disney has easter eggs do you know that Disney has little easter eggs the little things that you notice in Disney productions so first of all in 1937 so this isn't a new thing this is not a hip millennial thing this is something that's been going on for a long time, right? We can claim this one. 1937, anyone been around then? It's a while ago. So it's older than all of us, right? Even Gary wasn't around then. Okay. <laughs> Good plan. 1937, Disney had an Easter egg, a first hidden Mickey, hidden in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Let's put the picture up of that. So in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, oh, no, that's not, that's actually not Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, And every single full-length movie since then, like, is that Moana? Lilo and Stitch, got it. So my kids are all growing up too fast. Lilo and Stitch have a Mickey symbol there. Can you see it? All right, get the idea now what they're doing. Let's look at the next one. Mickey's in this next one, which is Toy Story. It's one or two. Can you see the Mickey Mouse clock? Who saw that before? Is this new information? Ah, okay. So now if you go back and watch Disney movies, look for the Mickey Mouse. Ah, Barbie, anyone watch Barbie movies? We got four girls, so mm. <laughs> a lot of Barbie movies in our house over the years. The first Barbie movie was Barbie and the Nutcracker. But you didn't know that. Barbie and the Nutcracker. In all the Barbie movies since then, there's a picture of a nutcracker. So let's have a look at the next picture. Right there's a nutcracker in one of which movie is that? Which one do my kids know? That's Rapunzel. Barbie and Rapunzel. Barbie and Rapunzel. All right, I'll, I'll believe you. So there's a nutcracker. There you go the next one. Here's another nutcracker in Barbie. Barbie. Okay, next one. We've got Rapunzel. Right, this is the Tangled movie, right? You know, Tangled. She had long golden hair. She got a haircut and lost the power in her hair and it turns brown. So this is Rapunzel and she's actually going to a coronation for Elsa in Frozen. Let's look in Frozen. Next picture. There they are. This is a different movie. Oh, we're amazed. Look at that. All right, last one I've got. Encanto. Has anyone seen that one? Okay, we're into new territory now, right? Right, Bruno sings, let it in, let it out, let it rain, let it snow, let it go. He's singing and throwing, was it, rice, salt around to mimic snow. So let's look at the next picture. He's dancing and that's a reference to Frozen. Ooh, sneaky, sneaky. So Easter eggs are everywhere in the world. Um, They're all kinds of places. You can see them when you start looking for them. So I figure because we're talking about Easter eggs that you guys all should get an Easter egg. Anyone like to get an Easter egg today? So look under your seat. I've got them glued under your seat. So put your hand under. Oh, nice. Nice. Put your hand under. You're sitting on one. The guy's right on the back wall. You may have one. You may not because you put extra chairs out. Did you find your eggs? So you're allowed to eat it. That's okay. You probably can't give it away because it's hot glued, so um, just one of these, you're looking for one of these, a real chocolate egg. (laughs) You got happy about the sermon now, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had that experience that you can see something, it's right in front of you, but you don't see it? Has anyone had one of those, like looking for the milk and it's not in the fridge, it's I know it's not in there, but actually it is, but you haven't seen it. Maybe the butter, the butter goes missing in our house. Um, There's a traffic island. This is one of my embarrassing stories, right? There's a traffic island at the traffic lights near my house. And one Sunday I was all flustered because I was coming and I had a lot to do and my head was fully in all these things that I had to remember to get to church, remember this and that and everything else. And, And my brain was... And luckily there's no one else in the car with me. But the traffic lights changed and I was at the front of the line. So I wasn't really watching. You know how you just follow the car in front of you? I wasn't – I had no one to follow. And this day I was looking for stuff next to my seat and trying to organise things. The lights turned green and I didn't even think about it. I just started going. And next thing I know I look up and there's a traffic island coming straight at me. "Ah!" So I kind of swing by. This is like three months ago. There's still tyre tracks across that traffic island. Just in the dirt, like I didn't skid or anything like that. Across there, because um, I wasn't watching what I was doing, and I was so distracted, and and traffic lines don't move, do they? No, it was been there forever, it's going to stay there forever, and I just wasn't watching it, something that was right in front of me. And I was really glad, I watched Facebook a bit after that, I was waiting for the dash cans of Australia to put up... <laughs> Pictures of this crazy red car going over an island instead of around it. It didn't happen. It's okay. You saw it? (laughs) All right. I didn't even see it coming. I'm showing my age now, but there's a lot of movies out there that, especially these romantic ones, that they didn't even see it coming that, that right at the end they work out the person that they're with the whole time they fall in love with. Or, um, you know, Sleepers in Seattle and and You've Got Mail, any more of these romantic ones that, you know, Princess Bride, they're right there and, yep, yep, there's, there's a lot of great ones that the person was right there but they didn't see them as anything different than just a friend or an enemy um, until their eyes were open. So, today I want to um, tell you a word that means something like that. It's a Greek word. And this is, this is my terrible Greek, so I'm really sorry if you're Greek and I say it badly. So, epigenoso. This is your Greek lesson for the day. Epigenoso. It means to know exactly, to recognize. It's revealed to you. Epigenoso. It's an interesting word. I came to realise it when I directed my attention to it. When I looked at it, it showed itself for what it really was. epigonoso It's a great word. Today, um, one of our greatest difficulties is getting the information that's here, 30 centimetres to here. We understand things, but we don't always get it in our hearts. We don't always realise the extent of it in our lives. I don't know about you, but some movies, when they're over, I need to debrief. I need to walk away from a movie, just, poor, oh, that was just so fast and furious, and I don't even know what was going on in it. Fast and furious, there you go. And the drive home is usually a conversation about what happened in the movie. I encourage you to have conversations on the drive home from church. But what God's doing and what God has done. We don't talk negatively about what happened in church, do we? We talk about what God's doing, what He said to me and how it relates to my life. So all of that, to say that in Luke 24 in the Bible, there was these two guys walking home. All this stuff had gone down in Jerusalem, and they're walking home going, "What was that?" They were trying to make sense of it and say, how could I have been so wrong in what I was thinking? These two guys were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They're on the road. And it wasn't a very long road. It's about 12 kilometres. Not a long way to walk in those days. For us, we'd probably get an Uber. They were just walking. And on the way, they were using this time to talk about but Jesus said this and this happened and this guy comes walking into Jerusalem on a donkey and everyone's cheering and he's the man and, you know, he's, he's on hashtag Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, he's trending. He's up there. They believed that Jesus was the one, the Messiah, who would liberate them from the rule of their oppressors, the Romans. And then he was crucified. That's not the ending they were hoping for. That's not the ending they were hoping for. So they're walking along this road, trying to work out that twist, that turn just doesn't make sense. How do I make sense of it? And these guys don't—they they weren't in the dark. They'd even heard about the tomb being empty. They'd heard that morning that the women had gone to the tomb, and and they'd gone there to anoint Jesus's body, and and do all the things to prepare him for burial. And he wasn't there. These two guys knew that. They knew that an angel had spoken to the women. The women had come back and said, guess what? They knew the information and still these guys packed up and went home. They'd given up. They decided it was done. They were done. They were done with this Jesus thing. They couldn't believe that it was a dead end. Do you know, sometimes we can't see God working in our lives until afterwards. The tough times are tough, but that's when God's working. It's hard to see God in the tough times. Things don't feel good. Things don't make sense. But it's when we stop and we look when we get perspective and we know it was God that was God that breakup was God it hurt but I look back now and it was God what a great sharing time today hey all the times in my life God has come through all the times he's picked me up when I was hurting and I couldn't see it then I have a picture, another picture up here to look at. All right, so is this man running towards you or away from you? All right, who thinks he's running towards you? It's a trick question. No one's right. It's okay. All right, who thinks he's running away? Wow, look at that. Why is he running? (laughs) 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 We we were at... um, We were at a cafe the other day and this lady gave two options. I think it was a cafe to Andrew, would you like this or this? And he said, can I have option C? (laughs) Two options today. If the man's running towards you, they say, this is just the study they've been doing, they say if you can see a man running towards you, they say you can solve problems and past life difficulties using analytical skills and good reason. Sound about right? You may learn quickly once you become curious about something. However, you may not be good at multitasking. All right. All right. What about if you see a man running away from you, they say you can rely on your intuition and excellent senses. Your brain is at its best when you immerse yourself in something creative. And these people are great multitaskers and have a pretty good memory. Does that ring true? Feeling good about yourself now? (laughs) Now we may process things differently but we all have the same problem when it comes to getting from what's up here down to here. We all got the same problem. The problem for these disciples was not in their heads but in their hearts. They could have discussed this subject of Jesus for days and days and still not got anywhere. What they needed was a fresh understanding of who Jesus was. So these two disciples... Uh, in Luke 24, they even called Jesus a prophet. They changed from calling him Messiah to prophet. They've, they've downgraded him because he didn't do what they thought he was going to do. So they said, oh, well, this guy was a prophet. They're finding it hard to believe. It's too dark. If Jesus is dead, he can't possibly be the Messiah chosen by God. When things get dark in our life, when we lose our jobs or a loved one, When tragedy happens and our hearts can't make sense of it. It's easy to say, well, maybe Jesus isn't God. Maybe he's not as powerful as I thought. But then, verse 15, Jesus shows up. He starts walking with these two disciples on their road. He doesn't do anything magical. He just starts walking with them and he's listening to their gloomy conversation and he says to them, hey, what's, what are you talking about? And these two guys, you know, sometimes you think the whole world knows something and you got no idea. They said, what rock have you been living under? What rock have you been living under? How can you not know all the things that have happened this week? Can you believe it? The author of the book just asked what the story was about. Jesus didn't need to know. He wanted them to talk about it to him. So Jesus started sharing through the Old Testament, the Easter eggs about him. All through the Old Testament, it points to Jesus. It points in so many ways to who Jesus is, why he came, what he does and where he's going. The whole way through. Jesus isn't just a random story packed in a a big book. He is the book. He is the book. And we don't know what parts Jesus shared with these two guys as they walked along the road, but perhaps he started at Genesis 15, the promise of the Redeemer. And maybe he traced these promises the whole way through the Bible. He may have paused at Genesis 22, which tells of Abraham Who put his only cherished son on the altar? Surely he touched on the Passover, the Old Testament sacrifices, the ceremonies, the Day of Atonement, the serpent in the wilderness, where everyone that was bitten by these venomous snakes just had to look and believe and they would live. Happened in the Old Testament. The suffering servant in Isaiah 53, the prophetic messages in Psalms, the key to understanding the Bible is seeing. How it points to Jesus. The terribleness of sin is found throughout the Old Testament and so is the deep, deep love of God. Deep love of God. And when we look at the Bible, we see that Jesus is the one final sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And all we have to do is believe in him. And we get to live in life eternal with him. The resurrection happened because that was the plan all along. Now, so much truth is being bombed on these two guys as they're walking down the road. Jesus is just, well, what about this and this and this and this and this? Their hearts start burning inside of them. It was a good burn, it was a blessing they wanted to last. So, as they neared the end of their journey, and they were, they were, they were got to where they needed to go. Jesus acted like he was going to walk further. And they said, come and stay. Have dinner with us. Stay the night and you can go on your journey tomorrow. Come and stay with us. And he did. And it was then that they sat down to eat that Jesus took the bread, broke it, blessed it, and their eyes were opened. Epinunosko. They realised who he was. They recognised him. Epikinosco. First Corinthians says, What we see now is a dim image in a mirror. Then we will see, see face to face what we now know is only partial. But then it'll be Epikinosco. Fully revealed. It'll be fully revealed. We can have all the information about Jesus in our head. We can. We can study for years in theology. We can come to church every week. We can sit here all the time. You can listen to Bible stories, Bible podcasts. You can listen to sermons day and night. But unless it moves from here to here, it's worth nothing. We've got to have the revelation. We've got to have the realisation and the truth of who Jesus really is. What does it take? It takes the request for Jesus to come into our house. To stay with us and our eyes will see. And then we're going to realize that He's been with us all along. Those hard times, He was there. Those times you felt all alone, He's there. In the utmost pain, the happiest day of your life, Jesus is with us. When He was born, all those words come out saying, God, with us and that hasn't changed now without this invitation from these guys to stay Jesus wouldn't have stayed he would have kept walking and that's the opportunity we have today Jesus is waiting to be invited in but he's not going to force it and if we don't take it up he will keep walking the opportunity is here for us it all makes sense afterwards. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, please. We're going to uh, sing a song you might want to sing with them. But what about when you look for God and you can't sense his presence? What about those times? We look for him. We're told that he's right here, but we can't feel him. Feel like that he'll talk to anyone but me. Ever had those days? Prayers get as far as the ceiling. Maybe we're struggling. Maybe we're fatigued or frustrated. And we can't see Jesus. And we can only think of everything that's wrong with our lives. That's when we need to do what we did in sharing time. Remember the stuff that Jesus has already done for us. Put a monument there. That's what they did in the Bible. Remind ourselves, God was here with me. I saw God. Maybe your heart's been burning if you've been here today. You might want to say, God, show me the Easter eggs of God's goodness in my life because they're hidden. Plain sight right there But God has been for me. Show me how I was protected. Show me how I was blessed. Show me your hand working, even though I didn't care. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the promise we have today. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter where you are now. God's promises for us today. He died for us. He died for me. He died for you. And he invites you into a relationship with him. Our response is to invite Jesus to stay with us. Open our eyes. Help us to Epikinoso. Help us see Jesus today. Why don't you stand? Let's sing together. If you'd like to respond and pray in some, for some reason, in some way, you're welcome to come down the front and do that. Let's worship Jesus. Let's tell Him how much we love Him. Let's thank Him. And if you want to step into a relationship with Him, He's right here waiting for that to happen. Let's sing together.